0: Welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us imagining, get us talking, and staying connected. So we are opening up Minnesota Opening up in a Minnesota way, sort of, yes, sort of, no. <laughs> Yesterday, there was an article by Brianna Burschbach at the Star Tribune. I want to read part of it just to kind of set the stage for today. For weeks, Governor Tim Walz heard from people on all sides with ideas of how to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic. Health officials advised that the safest course was to maintain stay-at-home restrictions as hospitals increased their capacities to handle the most serious virus cases. Businesses hope for a quick, safe return to something more like normality. There was intense criticism from the GOP leaders demanding that he give up his peacetime emergency powers and leave it to Minnesotans to decide for themselves how best to safely open their businesses and return to work. In lifting up the rules this week and allowing more businesses to reopen, Walls acknowledged the fine line that he's had to walk. This is either going to work or not work, he told reporters after announcing his decision. People are either going to stay out of the hospital or get in it, depending on how much people think about why these things make a difference and how they show the spread of the disease and how they slow the spread of the disease. Later in the article, Governor Walls shared... It became apparent that you're trying to weigh whether staying in and building up a little more is worth it compared to the damage it does economically, psychologically, and other health issues. It's important to note that Minnesota is still not doing the full reopening that many Republican legislators pushed for. A separate order closing bars, restaurants, hair salons, indoor stadiums, and movie theater remain in place until June first. And social interactions are still limited to groups of 10 people or fewer. So how does everyone think about this reopening? Today I have Jerry Fernandez, who's the president and founder of the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance. And we're going to talk about what does it feel like, what are people thinking about, and what things might we want to think about. So, Jerry, how are you doing?
1: Well, I'm – Uh, preparing for my home state of Rhode Island to open up restaurants on Monday. So your uh, conversation that seems to be uh, top of mind in Minnesota, where, as you know, I live for nine winters, um, is a similar conversation being had here. Our governor has been taken to task because some people feel she hasn't done enough. Some people feel like she's done too much. So So the question is, how will people respond? Will they come out to eat in restaurants? Laurie, if the restaurants open up tomorrow, are you going out to eat in the restaurant? I
0: would continue to do takeout, which I love, and I would eat outside. I'm not ready to go in the restaurant door. And part of it is I read an article about a challenge in China where they saw the air conditioning was in such a place that it – it spread the coronavirus so right. i want to make sure i know all the safety precautions are fully in place before i go in but i want to keep supporting our restaurants i just don't want to go in the door yet
1: yeah well we've been having lots of these conversations uh, intentionally talking to different groups different cultural groups different people around the country and uh, they vary you know it's i don't know i don't know if i would say it's 50-50 But if you ask your friends, would you go out? Uh, Some will say, absolutely. Some folks in Chicago that I know very well, they will, as soon as the door opens, they're going out. But then another group in Chicago said, we will not go until we've seen a bunch of other people go, and it's safe to go into the proverbial waters. Uh, Even in my own household, uh, my boys won't go, but my wife is like, I'm ready. So I think a lot of people uh, have a wait-and-see attitude. But when they do go out, um, what's the what's the, what what, what are the things that are on their mind? Safety is on their mind. Uh, is it safe from a health perspective? Um, and how will all the the interactions uh, occur? Uh, us with the food server, uh, use of the restrooms, uh, bumping into other guests. Uh, we had a, an issue we saw where a, a barista was serving coffee and she happened to be asian and the woman said i don't want you serving my coffee go back to china and someone in the in line behind behind her pointed out what a ridiculous comment that was and then an altercation took place between the two of them so there is a whole bunch of things uh interactions that no one really knows how it's going to Play out, but I think we all need to start giving some thought to, you know, what would I do? How how is that gonna how is that gonna uh, how's that gonna make, make me respond uh, when when I'm confronted with with this issue or, or that?
0: I know you do a lot of work with unconscious bias, and I think under a pandemic, fears, of course, come up, and when people are in fear mode, they have more quick reactions. You know, what sort of fears do you see coming up um, as you look across the various cultures in how we respond to the idea of a restaurant, going to a restaurant?
1: Well, those two emotions, uh, uh, one that you mentioned, fear, the other one is anger. Those two um, emotions cause us to make irrational choices. And so uh, we all have biases that we were raised with and, and prejudices that we've been exposed to. And when... When you you get into these kinds of heightened places, they they get exacerbated. So, uh, some some research um, that I was I was just uh, reviewing before I got on the call uh, in Psychology Today makes the case that if you think resources are scarce, you're more likely to discriminate because you don't take the time to look at those individuals who don't look like you, and you assume they um, have less need for the resource than I do. So, so that, that plays out certainly in the medical, um, uh, place, but the issues of masks, um, is another area where people are scrambling. You see in the stores, people are buying up all the goodies and, uh, feeling like, hey, I need it more than you. So bias is going to show up in a, in a bunch of ways. And we've seen it even before this pandemic, but we're, we're seeing it now during it. And it, it'll come down to, I perceive this cultural group, uh, to have to be a more likely to be a carrier of the of the virus, um, that this group of individuals are less uh, uh, have, have lower levels of hygiene. I mean, what's going to happen uh, for quick service locations in some urban locations where uh, people from the homeless community come in? And we have all sorts of of uh, uh, perceptions about homeless people. And well, Laura you and I've had this conversation before, we know homelessness can happen to anyone. We've seen it at the food bank, uh, where there's there's all sorts of folks sh- showing up, and there's a struggle for for resources, a place in line. So, I think bias is is always with us. Um, not all bias is bad, but um, the the uh, the s- unconscious bias that we have that, that tend that tends to to other people, you know, the other group versus our group it, is going to show up, uh, and we're going to see it in restaurants. We're going to see it in in, in um, a lot of other retail locations as they continue to move towards a full opening.
0: I think one thing that makes it interesting or challenging, however you want to look at it, but most of the frontline workers in the restaurant are multicultural, right? I mean, it's one of the largest multicultural employers industry um, in the country. So we're front and center facing, we want to go back to restaurants, we want to have the doors open, um, but we're asking multicultural workers to come back and, and be servers. Uh, how, does the, how does the front line feel? How do customers feel? What are all of those challenges that may come up in confronting fears and anger in a restaurant setting?
1: Well, you know, as you you talk about depending upon what part of the country uh, you live in, uh you could skew very diverse, very multicultural, lots of black latino uh um uh, asian workers or in Chicago you got more polish uh immigrants uh or it could be less. But the restaurant industry is is the number one employer of minorities outside the federal government. And up 56% of the workforce is, is uh, women and minorities. So so in certain areas where there there's a high level of of um, people of color, you're obviously going to see a much greater percentage on the front line. And so depending upon what each group's experiences have been uh, during the pandemic, uh, they're going to bring that to them at work. So Asians who who maybe have been perceived by a lot of Americans as as the model minority, you know, they don't complain. They don't ask for resources. um, They, they play the American game. Um, They felt that when they, they realized they were, were at a disadvantage in getting into schools like Harvard and others. And they had a legitimate um, gripe. Now you see a lot of, of activity on online uh, that has impacted the Asian community. Uh, The, there's a group, Um, that tracks this called Stop Asian uh, Pacific Island Hate that has has had 1,500 reports of incidents of racism, hate speech, discrimination. So Asians are feeling this uh, as they walk down the street. They're feeling it as they're working, and people are looking over their shoulder. Um, The experience for Latinos is different. Uh, They've experienced job loss at a much greater rate and much less likely to have... Even 500 bucks saved up. So the financial implications for Latinos is extremely hot, um, different than it might be for another group. Uh, here in Rhode Island, uh, the vast majority of the people who have the virus are from the Hispanic Latino community. And then again, for African Americans, which we've talked about before, the highest rate of death uh, is occurring in African American and black communities. And so people are going to bring that attitude to work. So what happens if somebody hears someone calling the uh, virus, uh, oh, it's fake news or it's not that bad. Well, you know, for for someone else who's lost family members, it's really that bad. And so uh, you're going to see people um, experiencing signs of depression and and real anxiety. And how's that going to play out in the workplace um, is not fully known. So I think the, the employee perspective and what they're going to bring to the table is huge uh, for us to be focused on and, and, and be watchful about. But but um, you you really don't know until they become in contact with each other and, and start having discussions. And then, of course, um, how guests react and how guests respond are going to make a, a big difference about how the um, dining experience plays out on both sides.
0: And with that, that's a great segue for us to go to break. And in our next segment, what we'll be doing, we'll be talking about how different people have different experiences during the shutdown and they'll react differently and how do we support having a great place to work for all and navigate the covid-19 so stay with us few commercials but we'll be right back
2: Would you let animals pick your insurance? Do you really need to experience mayhem to get the best rates? Or how about a celebrity quarterback or fake university saving you money? There's a lot of marketing stunts when it comes to insurance, but what you really need is someone looking out for you. Call Array Insurance, and they will work hard to find you the best insurance coverage and rates. So avoid gimmicks and call Cheryl at Array, 763-504-3067 or ArrayInsurance.com. Array Insurance, working hard for you.
3: Hi, everybody out there in AM 950 Radio Land. This is Paul Metza from the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We've got a great show this weekend. We continue our series with liberal blogger and cool cat, Mr. Charlie Pierce. You've seen him on CNN and MSNBC. It's our sixth episode with Mr. Pierce. We talk politics, music, Bob Dylan Little Richards, the Supreme Court, President Trump, and more. 6 p.m. Saturday on AM 950, The Progressive Voice of Minnesota.
2: Hey, it's Brett from FYI Politics. Zero Res understands that to prevent the spread of the coronavirus, the CDC recommends cleaning carpets and hard surfaces where we live and work. And that's what they do best. Their zero contact protocol means their technicians will wear gloves and shoe covers, disinfect all equipment between jobs, and exercise social distancing while cleaning and sanitizing your home. Right now, Zero Res is offering 20% off all services to AM950 listeners. Call 9520Res or visit ZeroResMinnesota.com and make sure you mention AM950 to get 20% off.
4: Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style, Saturdays at 7 and Sundays at 5. You know, we're all sitting at home right now and chances are you've noticed a thing or two that you wish you could change. Well, the Habitation Design staff is here to help. Right now, we're offering free virtual interior design services. It works like this. You guys are home, we're all at home. Let's schedule a virtual walkthrough of your space. Using FaceTime, Zoom, or Skype, one of our degreed professional interior designers will take a look, tell you precisely how to measure your room, then provide you with specific product recommendations, a design plan, and everything you need to make your space beautiful and functional. So we've all got the time. Why don't we take advantage of it? Call Habitation at 952-426-3548. That's 952-426-3548. And schedule your virtual design appointment today. In the Army National Guard, family
0: means everything. Our parents, they were really supportive that all five of us would join. I got my education because of the Guard. I got to travel a little bit and experience a whole different culture. It helped me get my job. It helped me pay for my house.
4: Serving part-time in the Army National Guard instills pride that you and your family will share. Visit NationalGuard.com to learn more about part-time service. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station.
0: Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. We're doing a special shout-out to the AM950Eat local Minnesota restaurants. We look forward to our Minnesota restaurants opening their doors and being able to enjoy all the wonderful hospitality that we've all come to love so much. And today we have Jerry Fernandez, who is the president and founder of the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance, and we've been talking about how do we feel about restaurants? Um, what Do you want to go? Do I want to go? How do we feel about it? Will we go out to dinner? Do we have some safety concerns? How do you feel about going back to the work, going back to your office? And do biases and stereotypes how are they sneaking in and showing up? And Jerry, we're so glad that you're here today to talk to us about your perspective.
1: Well, it's good to be here. Uh, hopefully everyone in my um, uh, much-loved state of Minnesota mm-hmm. is doing well. And uh, your restaurants are already open, right?
0: Nope, we don't open. Well, we've got takeout, and uh, but our doors won't open till June 1st. So it's, a, it's coming down the pike, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, we're sort of open, sort of not in that Minnesota kind of way.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, there um, there are going to be a lot of issues that, that begin to pop up. Uh, we've seen already in quick service, uh, we had one incident where, you know, an employee was, was uh, shot uh, as a result of being told that they couldn't access the dining room because it wasn't open yet. Um, in other instances... Uh, someone was asked to put on a mask and they didn't and uh, and, and a confrontation broke out. So, you know, what are we going to do when, when we, we actually get back to operating and um, uh, we have to deal with some of these issues that, that we haven't had to deal with before? Um, how employees and managers respond, how guests respond is going to make a, a, a big difference as well.
0: And how we have operated – ourselves during this COVID-19. There have been people that have been working the entire time and people who haven't. Um, I have to believe that there are different anxieties that come out uh, based on what you have experienced yourself. What have you seen?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I I, I stopped into a, uh, a convenience store that I don't typically go into. So I wasn't all that familiar with how they had changed the layout to accommodate uh, the uh, guidelines for COVID-19, and so my foot was on the line, and an elderly man in front of me turned around and he said, "Hey, you, get on the line, get on the line," and he 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 he, 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 he threatened. Uh, he said if he was younger, he would have punched me, and it caused me to go ahead and start to play these scenarios out in my head to say, like, what would happen if if he had, you know, accosted me? I would have to obviously try to restrain him. Now, but then again, you put yourself in contact with him and with other folks who might have come to, to the rescue. So this this whole issue of how we're going to deal with uh, just the, the, the act of ordering your food, getting your food, and uh, uh, will you wear the mask up until the food comes and then take the mask off? Uh, I know that uh, some states are not requiring... Um, people to wear masks a uh, lot of operators are taking the position of of um we 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 ask you to wear it but we don't require you so you have some with a mask and some without a mask and what kind of of um messages will people read into that so so i think there's is just a there's so many areas here in rhode island where well, part of the regulations require that operators tell you over the phone. So you have to place your, um, you have to have a reservation to eat and over the phone, they're supposed to tell you, uh, uh, and ask you certain questions. Is, is anyone in your party sick, etc. And then when you arrive, you're asking front, um, line personnel to make an assessment of this person. Do they appear to be sick? So do you look sick to me, Laurie? Do I look sick to you? Not uh, a lot of room there the for service? for
0: subjective opinion. Yeah. And I think subjective opinion could also have other things that come into mind as to why they don't want that person to come in.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so there's this there's, there's all of these these scenarios that that can play out and how we're going to um aggregate all this information. So how will we know this it's not like there's a, there's a central reporting um, opportunity to find out, so it'll have to be um, gathered in 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 some disjointed ways, and uh, to find out kind of what the experiences have been, uh, we certainly think some of the associations will, will. You have a great restaurant association there in Minnesota, you know they'll they'll probably be you know, assessing their membership to find out you know what some of the issues are, but you're going to need to make rules on the fly. Um, in terms of how how we respond, what policies we begin to develop and put into place, and and again, if you're not mindful of bias and and stereotypes uh, and cultural norms, uh, you know you can you you can run afoul in in many different ways, and some of this stuff could actually end up being putting you in legal liability. So so there's just, there's a lot of aspects of Of how we're going to try to provide a high level of hospitality, and the reason you go to a restaurant is to is to commune, you know, break bread. Um, And so, if we if we do this in markedly different ways than we've than we've done in the past, will we get the same dining experience? I mean, I I wonder how people feel about that. Uh, Would would they still want to go out um, and and spend X amount of money if you can't have that uh, that that you know loud Happy birthday! Um, as part of the as part of the celebration,
0: and the fears come out. I mean, it, it, there is f- cabin fever where folks want to go out and do things. And you were saying that Deborah, your wife, wants to get out and, and do things again. And the early adapters that are ready to do it are ready to do it. Then probably there's a, a mid range of folks that will eventually, and then there's the late adapters. Um, and how do you support each? group that's starting to make those decisions and what decisions are important for both the customer to consider. I mean, just because the door opens doesn't mean that the customers are all going to run back. Uh, and what does that, how does that impact financially the decisions of opening up?
1: Well, yeah. And then there, there are other people who who are involved in the whole process. There are people who, who um, shape opinions of people. So what role of the media in in this whole thing is being played and with the division we've got in the country now where we're so tribal and, you know, my group versus your group, you know, left and right, uh, you have to kind of do a montage of, of, uh, of news gathering to be sure you have a completely inclusive perspective on, on things because you, you, you could get one that's too skewed left or too skewed right. And then you don't really have a way to make good decisions, but, other institutions, you know, what role will, will churches play in shaping policies and procedures as people go back to work? You know, will it, it, the Muslims are, um, are observing Ramadan right now? And, and, um, you know, have we been culturally responsive to their needs? Uh, and, you know, how does the pandemic impact all of those, you know, those kinds of experiences? Mother's Day, we opened up and for a lot of Restaurants who who hadn't been open Mother's Day was 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 crazy because so many people came out and it takes a little while to ramp up again. You know we've been running restaurants for a long time, but if you've been out of work for eight weeks, um, you, you might have lost a little bit of your touch on cooking a medium rare steak. Uh, so you kind of need some practice. And we've talked to some major chains who who've talked about, hey, you know we kind of underestimated. Uh, the 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 people needed to get a little bit of time to get back into the groove of things. You know, think about an athlete who's been sitting on the sidelines for a long time. All of a sudden, you can't just put him in the game and expect her to perform at her highest level. Uh, it takes a little bit of practice. So so there's some things that we haven't given some thought to until you get there.
0: Well, that's another great segue. For our next segment, where we're gonna be talking about when the doors do open, how are customers and co-workers and managers, how are all those different potential conflicts be addressed and worked through? And Jerry's got some ideas for us to be thinking about, and I look forward to hearing it. So stay with us, we'll be back after a few short commercials. Uh-huh. When you need legal assistance, let the Minnesota Lawyer and Referral Information Service help you find the right attorney. It's a new and enhanced program of the Hennepin and Ramsey County Bar Associations. They have professional, experienced referral counselors who can connect you to vetted attorneys practicing in employment law, divorce, Bankruptcy, DUI, and much more. Take the stress out of finding a lawyer. Call 612 752 6699 or go to mnlawyerreferral.org. The right call for the right lawyer.
3: This is New Beginnings, hosted by award winning broadcaster and speaker Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. (laughs) Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for new beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources.
2: If you're looking to save money on your home or building improvement project, check out Better Futures Minnesota's reuse retail warehouse in South Minneapolis. We carry salvage building materials such as cabinetry, flooring, plumbing fixtures appliances lighting and more saving you money and saving the planet by keeping these items out of the landfill by giving them another life selections change daily and we also take donations go to better futures and look under reuse warehouse to learn more let us know am 950 sent you hey i guess we found a new name for our show
3: really what's the new name
2: Pilots Progressive Party.
0: How did you ever come up with that?
2: <laughs> Pilots our name and Progressive Fun is our game.
0: <laughs> well, what's that about?
2: It's a one-hour news show with progressive guests and information you normally don't hear on the radio.
0: Well, that's so exciting. I have a few ideas for guests myself.
2: I know they'll be progressive.
0: Wednesdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on AM 950.
4: The Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Think your company's safe? Your staff is working from home, Right. As I speak, cyber criminals are mounting attacks across the country. Remember, when we're weakest, cyber criminals attack. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld from RIMARC. The RIMARC team is guiding our clients through these difficult times. In fact, demand has been so high, we created an easy to follow guide. It's yours free. Download our five steps to securely work from home now at rymarkit.com or call 651 328 8900 for a no cost how to discussion. With your AM 950 weather,
3: I'm Sam Turnberg. Today we got showers with a high near 66. Tonight more showers with a low around 51. Tomorrow still raining with a high near 58. Monday sunny with a high near 72. And Tuesday sunny with a high near 78. With the state closing bars and restaurants for dining in, it's especially important that you support our Eat Local Minnesota restaurants. Locally owned restaurants offering takeout include Nightingale, Great Wall, Cafe Latte, Park Tavern, Hazel's Northeast, and more at EatLocalMinnesota.com.
0: Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Laurie Fitz, your host. And we're talking about restaurants and businesses and all the things that are happening here in Minnesota with our kind of sort (laughs) of opening. We've got some businesses opening, some that will be coming open in June. Restaurants fully open, it looks like, in June, uh, along with movie theaters and all sorts of other places. How do we feel about all that? Um, lots of distinct feelings. We've got folks that want to keep being locked down. They want to stay in their homes. They want to make sure that they're staying safe and their fears around COVID-19. There are others that want the businesses to open. They see the economic challenges and the mental health issues of not being able to get out and do things. So Governor Waltz is threading a needle and opening up slowly. And in our show today, we're going to be talking about what does it feel like to start getting out again and how do we all work together and how do restaurants serve us? Uh, How do coworkers work together at a restaurant? How do uh, managers deal with challenges? Because in the restaurant, we may have (laughs) the opportunity to be facing some challenges together and how how do our fears and our anger and – all the things that are coming up through the pandemic, how will they play out in our our hospitality, in our um, activities that we want to do again? Uh, going out to stadiums, going out and doing, will, will we be able to? Is baseball going to open up? What's that going to be like? And how how with all this stress, are we going to, you know, be able to work with each other and to help? Get us thinking about that. I have Jerry Fernandez, who is the president and founder of the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance. Welcome, Jerry.
1: Hi there, Laurie. Great to talk. Be back.
0: Great to talk with you. Uh, So, there's some scenarios for folks to be thinking about. Um, Scenarios about what happens if someone's standing too close. Uh, Does it change depending on who the person is when they're standing too close? What if they don't wear a mask? What if they're not washing their hands for the full happy birthday? Uh, someone's coughing or sneezing. You know, does that send a panic? Uh, these are just some of the issues, aren't there, Jerry? There's a lot more.
1: Well, you you, um, you bring up a couple of things, and as I was listening on the break to the to the, um, commercials, uh, one talked about the uh, human inspiration and bringing inclusivity. Uh, and improving your organization. And, and then the other one was rallying around the restaurants in, in Minnesota. And I think those, those things appeal to all of what is good of about America. Um, unfortunately, there's a bunch of stuff out there that's pushing in the other direction. And so as we start to get back into all these different aspects of businesses, uh, eventually people will have to go back into offices. Um, and how will they feel about that? There's talk about, cubicles coming back uh, for a long time in corporate America you got away from cubicles had all this open space as, as a way to get people to work better together but now the concept of having cubicles where you can protect people from, from the airborne uh, particles that are produced when you talk loud or when you sneeze um, it speaks to the role of business and what they're going to have, what business is going to have uh, uh, what role well, it's going to play as this Whole new reset of what America looks like, and in fact what the world looks like. So, so when you bring up issues of right, you know, I have a little bit of asthma, and I am afraid to cough in public because of the looks I've gotten when I have. And you know, how does this shape the interactions? And so, so, so the thing that I was thinking is that the training has to be put in place. So there, there, we have to get sensitized to how we as Human beings naturally put people in boxes to make sense of a very complex and busy world. Um, uh, but but what are our tendencies in and you know to to work in groups uh, to to think in, in in ways that exclude others. And well so even this,
0: even as something as simple as we've always encouraged people to have a really good firm handshake and look the person in the eyes yeah. that that's a cultural tradition in business you know it seems like at least for centuries yeah, <laughs> of well, making a been. greeting we're going to have to figure out what's the greeting we do
1: now Well you know and and how we react is going to make a difference so let me give you a very specific example for it so in the African American community because of the way they have experienced this this COVID-19 in a, you know, exceptionally painful way, but high number of deaths. Uh, I had a conversation with a very well-educated African-American female from a major corporation who, who shocked me when she said, you know, I'm feeling that, you know, this, this, this is America thing is not, is, is not for me that they, that I don't feel like they really care about what happens to me and my family. And it's a it's a sentiment I've heard in other places. And this thing gets fed. I did a lot of reading on how the Asian community is looking at this and saying, you know, we've worked hard. We did everything we're supposed to do. In World War II, we went and fought, you know, the Japanese, and still we're not good enough. Uh, you know, the word chink is coming back up after all these years. So the role of business, um, people expect that companies that, that – that lead on certain things I can think of Starbucks and and trying to have that race conversation. It didn't play out the way, um, they hoped, but they took, they took a chance and they did something. Salesforce has spoken up, you know, what, what business leaders will, will speak up and talk about the America that we want. So, uh, this, that we want us to be, um, you you know, we don't want to just go back to things as normal because, Normal for African-Americans when it comes to health care access and other lower-income folks and immigrants is not good. They don't have access to it. And now the economic impact that will play out in in, in uh, low-income communities, urban communities, is going to be dramatic. Those, those companies, a lot of those little operators are not coming back. And what will that mean? So if if, if the rest of our community watches you know, the south side or the west side – uh, really struggling, no one steps up, you know, what, what's that going to going to mean? And, and it's like somebody's standing in line in the restaurant and when someone's being discriminated against, are they going to say something? Are they just going to go back to eating their, their steak and drinking their expensive Chardonnay? So these are really tough questions. Co-workers.
0: What's some of the things that may come up
1: between co-workers? Well, you know, co-workers just like um, guests have had different experiences while they were away. So, I've had conversations with CEOs who are at their lake house in the mountains of of uh, Virginia. Uh, you know, so their whole stay in place is working just fine. They're on their lake house, fishing and and drinking, you know, their favorite scotch. Um, conversely, you've got workers who are in the urban areas, who who you know, in South Minneapolis or North Minneapolis. They can't they can't go to the lake house. They don't have any money. They're they're, they're struggling to make ends meet. So when you bring everybody back together and it's kind of like, Hey, what did you do over the weekend? What did you do over the holiday break? Uh, What did you do over the pandemic shutdown? Well, you know what? I buried four of my, my, my family members. What did you do? Uh, Well, you know, so, so there's going to be friction there. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's something that there's not a playbook on this. So, if you've got people who've been trained to watch and observe their employees and recognize the signs of employees that used to be more outgoing, are really kind of quiet now, um, recognize that, hey, I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm not in the mood to talk right now. I just buried, you know, my grandmother, and, and she died because we couldn't get access, we couldn't get in the hospital. So so not really kind of feel very funny. So I think that these things, um, if they didn't touch you, uh, you you should you need to take take a uh, think about how you can get in touch with people who did feel the the pain. If you don't know somebody who's working in the hospital um, on the front lines and seeing what's going on, you don't have anybody who's who's on the bus. You know the Detroit bus driver who was complaining that the lady uh, spit on him, and you know he got coronavirus and died. So you know again these are these are things that. That are going to show up, and because our industry, you know, is so service focused, we're a service industry. So we have uh, immigrants picking the fruit, and immigrants working in the meat packing plants. Okay, and so we, the feeling by some people is, yeah, well, you clap really good at. It's nice that you call us first responders or essential workers, but we're still exposing ourselves to through the virus, and oh, by the way, we're not getting paid any hazard pay like you do in the military. So you get the potential for for politics and people's personal experiences to divide the team and divide people because this system is working good for you. It ain't working so good for me. And that's the thing that I worry about most, particularly in, in my industry, uh, because teamwork is how we make the dream work, right?
0: Absolutely. And managers, as you, you were talking about it, it struck me, are going to have to take a very careful role because they need to be looking at how do they manage their multicultural team, but then how do they also deal with customers that may or may not be respectful?
1: Well, and it, just a good, good example on this is how are we going to handle uh, people with disabilities when they when they want to have access to the restaurant? And because they're just like everyone else, they're all you know, locked up in our home. We can't go out. So so people with disabilities are no different than anyone else. Uh, and they have issues that are of a concern to them. Um, they have the same kinds of pains and same kinds of difficulties, you know, but they have some unique ones, you know, and so for for the deaf who, who, who rely upon people's lip reading, if you got a mask, you can't read lips. Right. Right? Uh, you know, if you have... Um, a cognitive disability You know, social distancing Is much harder to do um, Because you, you, you need information um, uh, In a different format and, and so We already don't do a good job With serving people with disabilities Particularly if they have physical uh, uh, Dexterity type um, uh, Disabilities uh, How are we going to do it now When we got to socially distance people and, and when you have masks and all that So access is always doing an issue uh, for, for people from the disabilities community. So, so you know, we have to do, look at this 360 and look at all the areas where it's going to impact us and, and, and try to anticipate, um, what some of the pinch points could be. That's kind of the work we're, we're trying to do is to anticipate the most common, uh, uh, log jams that, that could occur, um, in, in a restaurant right now, it'll be just outside. It's a lot easier. You, you're in the sun and wind, but what happens if it rains, if it rains, the restaurants, you can't go inside. So, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to respond to that? People will scramble to get out of the rain. And next day, next thing you know, they're all close together. So, so, and then when the rest, the dining rooms do open up, you know, we have talked to people about what they're going to look like. And, you know, every other table can get seated. Um, so, um, but but we've seen guests trying to move the seats together, you know, no no long no more than four people, uh, and then a party of eight comes in and you have to split them up. So uh, you're going to find that people still want to get together, and some people, you know, are, are out there and don't believe that this is real. There's those conspiracy theorists, um, and you might have some in your kitchen staff or on your rest uh, on the dining room staff, and and you know that whole uh, dissension. Is easy when it's a sports. Okay. I'm a Red Sox fan. You're a Yankee fan or you're a Minnesota Twin fan. That's easy. Um, but when they start, you know, taking that approach to aspects around real health, um, and making a joke out of it, I think there, there are a lot of things that, that could come from this. And, and if we're not mindful of these things, um, you know, you, they could escalate. And, and so, so de escalation training is one of the things that we're, we, we, we're getting calls on as well.
0: I think it's important that we know that more information keeps coming at us. So how do we ask the questions and being able to take in the new information and come up with new ways of doing business? And asking the questions I think is the key and and being able to question in how we've done business and how we need to do business. And in our next segment, we're going to be talking about how this can bring up an opportunity. This We've had challenges for a long time. Uh, does this give us an opportunity to make the necessary changes that address issues that are becoming more and more apparent? So stay with us. We're going to be talking about how COVID-19 maybe brings some opportunity for us. Stay with us. A few short commercials. And we'll be right back with Jerry Fernandez of the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance. <laughs> Clockwork is an experienced design and technology agency, which means they help transform businesses around the globe by connecting people, processes, and technology. They bridge the gap between marketing and technology to put people at the heart of digital solutions, transforming how your customers interact with your brand. Clockwork's technology consulting, experience design, and software development expertise makes them a full-service digital partner to help you design your customer experience, build an app, or connect all of your digital properties into one seamless system. If you're in need of major tech updates but aren't sure where to start, they'll help you figure that out, too. To learn more about how they've helped other businesses make digital transformation less painful, visit clockwork.com slash radio. Clockwork digital done right.
4: I'm Nick Slavic, proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I've been a craftsman for 25 years. You'll not find someone who loves their job more than me. The process of painting your home could not be easier. Go to Nickslavic.com, click on the button, paint my walls, or paint my cabinets. I'll personally be in contact with you to get an estimate, either in-home or a free virtual estimate. We move furniture, vacuum, sweep, dust, and put your home back the way we found it. We're not like other contractors.
2: Hey, it's Brett from FYI Politics. We appreciate you listening to AM 950 and promoting Minnesota's only progressive talk station. We also want to remind you how important it is to support our advertisers amid the coronavirus outbreak. The advertisements you hear on AM 950 are what allows us to stay on the airwaves and bring you the best in progressive talk radio. We're not funded through some giant parent company. We're an independent, locally owned business that relies on the local advertisers you hear. Unfortunately, many of those advertisers are going to be hit hard by the coronavirus closures so please support our advertisers in any way that you can whether that's ordering some delicious takeout food from one of our eat local minnesota restaurants purchasing gift cards or even just contacting them and telling them thanks for supporting am950 we know times are tough so even the littlest thing you can do can go a long way to help find a full list of our advertisers at am950radio.com that's am950radio.com and thanks for listening
3: Even though these are challenging times, All Energy Solar is still committed to providing you a cost-effective, environmentally friendly energy system through their zero-contact protocol. Solar remains a great value and long-term investment, but some of the incentive programs will be expiring soon. All Energy Solar can walk you through the entire process. They can evaluate your property by phone or webinar and can even complete preliminary design work without visiting your home. So start saving on your energy bill today and visit allenergysolar.com.
0: Joining us today on Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and we're doing a special shout out to our AM 950 Eat Local Minnesota restaurants. Please go out and order food and pick up food at our local restaurants that are serving um, and are letting you do takeout. There's some great restaurants that need our support, and that's a great way to have some good food and support the restaurants that we love. And today we've been talking about uh, openings, both at the office and restaurants and things to be thinking about. We have Jerry Fernandez, who is the president and founder of the Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance, which has been around 24 years, but got its initial start here in Minnesota at General Mills. Welcome, Jerry.
1: Yep. uh, That's right. GMI General Mills changed my life. Uh, Living in Minnesota was one of the best things we ever did. Um, And some of the most enlightened people. Uh, on diversity and inclusion coming out of Minnesota. I don't know what's in the water, but it's working. So <laughs> well, I, I, it's I think it to has to
0: do with, we, we're very devoted to bringing immigrants here. And we've got yep. um, a wonderful Lutheran Social Service that has created global connections that really care about bringing immigrants um, to places where they can be welcomed and given opportunity. Uh, we have our problems, though. We've, we, we've not been stellar in everything, but... We ask the questions, at least of ourselves, and do our best. Well,
1: that's, uh, that is uh, important to do just that. And uh, you, you bring up, um, you have your problems. I saw something in the news uh, in the New York Times magazine from May 12th. Um, uh, the writer um, talked about uh, something she'd, she'd seen in one of her blogs. And An Asian family returned to their house in Minnesota, found a sign posted on their door. says, we're watching you. The note went on to say, take the Chinese virus back to China. We don't want you here infecting us with your diseases. They signed it, your friendly neighborhood.
0: Uh, Minnesota now, I nice. Know Minnesota nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I know Minnesota nice uh. and I've experienced it. But like anything else, everywhere in our community, there's always a dark side. And that comes from fear and anger and, and misunderstanding and, and a lack of trust. And so at every level whether you're a boomer like me uh, or you're a, a Gen Next like um, uh, 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 my, my grandson, um, human nature uh, is going to play out, and, and this is an opportunity for us to, to get it right. If we're going to have to reset things, we're going to have to rebuild certain business sectors, let's, let's, let's rebuild it right, and let's, let's make sure that we're not building it on a foundation of, of, of sand um, and misunderstanding and, 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 and all of what you see going on angst this is not America we were, we're, a, we're a land of immigrants and you know our diversity is what makes us strong and we, we have to resist the, the temptation um, to be seduced by some of these people who would have us say only the people on the right know what's going on only the people on the left side of the street know what's going on or the people from here or there and that shows out Every aspect of business, we all come together in restaurants. We all get together for hospitality. And, and so we know we're going to see it. And this is a big opportunity for uh, us as individuals and, and us as businesses to do the right thing. And so I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged when I see the way communities have surrounded their local restaurants and supported them and helped them. Um, but does that extend to, to, to communities that are not close by? You know, the Chinese communities, the Chinatowns around the country were really hurt because people stopped going there. Um, you know, are we giving the same kind of support to those spots? Those, those are things that, that I really, I really um, think need more attention.
0: And redefinition of normal. I know we've had conversations of what is normal and one person's normal is another person's normal. And maybe going back to normal uh, isn't what we want to do. We, we want to have something different that's better than normal.
1: Yeah, you know, crisis brings opportunity. Uh, so we have the opportunity to go deeper, to get better. You know, we've encouraged uh, people that are stuck at home. Uh, this is the time to take an online course. This is the time to, you know, tackle a, a piece of reading that you haven't done. Um, we we have the opportunity to redo things when a when a when a storm comes through or uh, a fire um, it burns all of the of the landscape. Mother Nature knows what to do with it. She recycles stuff and 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 rebuilds. Are we doing the same thing? Uh, are we taking advantage of this opportunity to learn about the experiences of this particular immigrant group, to learn a, a, about where we are or are not helping them? So there are opportunities for businesses. There are opportunities for the community. Uh, we need more business leaders to stand up, uh, stand up for what's right. I mean, uh, Dr. King said, all that has to happen for tyranny to um to be successful and i'm somewhat paraphrasing uh is for good people to stand by and do nothing and and this is an opportunity well if someone's someone's being mistreated are you going to stand by and, and and uh and uh do nothing you know no greater love has a man than he would lay down his life for a for a friend so i'm i don't know, know that it has to be life and death but we certainly have to make this um everyone's business
0: I like the idea of this being a fire, being in a Midwest prairie fire state, that maybe this is burning off uh, things that need to be burned off and renewing. It. But it's scary, uh, and I'm glad that we're talking about it. I'm glad that we're figuring out ways to make a difference and to get deeply connected. And that's what we're about at Connections Radio Show trying to figure out how do we make the connection and how do we keep the connection. Thanks for being with us today.